0: Welcome to the Doggy Dan podcast show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody to another Doggy Dan podcast show. And today, as always, I'm so excited. I know that's becoming a catchphrase. I have Sue Mim with me. And uh, she is a certified professional dog trainer and holistic behavior coach. She um, comes from Austria. She runs uh, where she comes from, doesn't really matter these days. She does online and in person uh, um, consultations with people, helping them develop a stronger and better relationship with their dogs. Now, I want to jump straight to the piece that we're going to cover off today because there's a lot of stuff I could share with you about, Sue. However, the bit we're going to cover off today, which is going to be so cool and give you such a better understanding of your dog and actually give you some really cool things that you can put in practice today, is the polyvagal theory and how that um, is so important to understand how your dog behaves, acts, and, and reacts to life to you, to how you're feeling, to what you're thinking. So, Sue, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. Wonderful to have you here.
1: Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah. Now, is there anything you'd like to say um, that I've missed out? I know you do a lot of great stuff. You have a lot of incredible knowledge. Is there anything that you'd like to say before we just jump into the polyvagal theory and uh, all that lovely stuff?
1: No, I think you've covered it all. It was a great introduction. Thanks so much. And yeah, I'm looking forward to to telling you to sharing a little bit about what I've learned uh, through my own experience about uh, rescued, rehomed, and adopted dogs, and um, dogs who are anxious and reactive, and and how to better understand them and how to how we can help them in a different in a different way.
0: Uh, yeah. Now I know you work a lot with fearful and reactive dogs mm-hmm. and um, we spoke a bit earlier and in fact it was such a, a lovely chat. I think we chatted, it was meant to be for 10 or 15 minutes. We ended up chatting for about an hour and it could have been a <laughs> podcast and stuff. So you mentioned something called the honeymoon period mm-hmm. and, um, and I wondered if you could touch on that because a lot of people listening to that probably know about the honeymoon period where um, you, know, you have a dog and all is well and then things change and explain what is the honeymoon period when we get a dog and it's good for a while and then it changes
1: yeah yeah so what happens is, is generally you know, people uh, get, first get their dog and they're very excited I'm talking mainly about rehomed uh, rescued kind of dogs yes um, and they bring their new hog, dog home and they sort of kind of phone me and say oh I'm looking for a trainer but at the meantime oh, everything is going perfectly he's just a little gem this dog you know he's he does everything I say, he sits lovely, he waits kindly, you know, he doesn't bark, he doesn't, he goes and sleeps when I tell him to, and yeah, he's just a gem, you know, he's absolutely brilliant, and I say, yes, that's great, but sadly, through my experience, that this is just um, what I call, or refer to, or many people refer to as the honeymoon phase, because Really, what the dog is doing is he's kind of shut down. He's in survival mode. Mm. he's being shipped into a com- into a completely new environment. he's not used to anything around him, and so he's laying low. Mm. his nervous system is just checked out, and he's saying, I'm just going to just tow the rope and do anything and everything I say they say because I just need to check it out. I don't feel safe here."
0: You you mentioned that this is a bit like when you turn up at a dinner party. You're obviously even if you're an outgoing person, you'll turn up fairly quietly generally, and
1: exactly
0: just to test the situation before you start coming out of your shell. Which I think is a great analogy.
1: Correct. Yeah. You, before you kind of warm up, you know, to people, you're in a new place, mm. and and you just got to yeah. And that's that's yeah. really a, it's a biological thing, you know. They, we 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 are as mammals, we are wired. Um, for connection, but we are also wired for safety. We wired to check out safety. Yes. And yes. Yeah, that's re-
0: that's a beautiful that's a beautiful phrase. We're wired for connection, and we're also wired for survival. Almost. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So the honeymoon period, then things start changing. Why does that happen?
1: So what? I, what? First of all, what I observed was suddenly um, dogs start. You know. It can be anything from two weeks to six weeks to a couple of months later. Yep. Suddenly you get the phone call and oh, my dog has started barking at everything or my dog has started um, doesn't want uh, guests to come in the house and starts barking at them or is chasing the cat suddenly or uh, becoming reactive on leash. You know, and, and it comes like out of the blue. They said, you know, one day it was there and the next day it's, it's not, you know. Mm, so totally so it's it was like quite a shock to the system and it was a bit of perplexed to me as a trainer as well like where did that come from you know why that's the sudden turnaround and that's when I started to do a little bit of um, investigation um, because I you know my my perception was some kind of trauma that's coming out you know when trauma is released in humans you see some kind of this type of behavior so I kind of started looking into it and that's when I found the polyvagal theory
0: and and so, what is this polyvagal theory where dogs go? I think you put it. You you say they go from being quite shut down and cautious survival into almost action.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the polyvagal theory was uh, developed by Stephen Porges, and uh, basically he looked at our nervous system, at the um, the autonomic nervous system, which is common to all vertebrates and mammals. Um and there's three kind of planes to it, which is the the shutdown, the life threat, the helpless, which is we call the red zone. Mm-hmm. And then there is the middle zone, which is the fight or flight, which is the danger zone. And that happens when we are motivated to take action in order to get rid of that danger. Okay. So Um, our nervous system picks up that we're in danger. There's something called neuroception, okay? We discussed this in in our last chat. And this is happening all the time in our subconscious. We're not conscious of it. Um, Our nervous system is looking for cues in the environment, whether it be inside our body or outside our body, and it's looking for these cues in the environment. Is this safe or is this something dangerous? And if they pick up something dangerous, they're going to go automatically into the 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 fight or flight mode, if, however, we, if they have developed a good social engagement system, which is a newer uh, development of in the mammals only, I mean, this is not found in reptiles, this is found in um, mammals, okay, have developed the social engagement system, which is where we connect with people, we connect, we form trust, we do, we communicate with people, that's called the social engagement system. Now, let's say, Let's say you, uh, in that room, of, let's go back to that room of people where you just walked in, um, and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Dan, I don't like your shirt. Hmm. Uh, what, what, what's your reaction? What is your immediate reaction?
0: Well, depending how I'm feeling nervous-wise, I'd either kind of back off mm-hmm. just for survival or, and shut down and withdraw, or I might go a bit more on the, I don't know, the offensive and say – who are you
1: <laughs> or would you perhaps because you because you're the kind of guy you are aren't you going to yeah. say hey hey like what's what do you what's wrong with my shirt you know
0: yeah yeah i could be that mellow guy that just uh, yeah yeah but I, yeah exactly yeah, yeah when i say offensive that's my offensive kind of i'd be probably a bit more than i'd be like who are you what do you mean yeah no. exactly
1: so that's how that's our social engagement system we're engaging our social skills to try and um uh, you yeah, know, negotiate the, the situation here before we, we go into that sort of argument or attack mode. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to first try and socially engage it. And that is, this is the social engagement system, which I, which I said, um, Stephen Porges kind of developed in the polyvagal theory. And he said, this is where we should all be. And this is where, this is a good place to be. This is where we should live most of our lives in this green zone, the safe zone where social engagement is important and so we use our social skills. If, however, we haven't developed that, if we don't feel safe, then our automatic system is going to go to the danger, the fight or flight. Mm. That's when you're going to take action. You're either going to start getting angry, you're going to start shouting, or you're going to, if you're scared, you're going to flee from the situation. Mm. So let's think about it in a dog situation, for instance. Okay. Yes. So. Let's, have, uh, let's talk about the little dog that we, you've just brought home and everything's great, and he's, but he's been pretty shut down and pretty disassociated about the whole thing. Um, and you take him out from his walks every day, um, and he feels pretty trapped because he's on a leash, okay? And you are perhaps walking a little bit too close to other dogs, which is completely new for him. He doesn't know this neighborhood. He doesn't know these dogs. He doesn't feel safe, but he's on a leash, So his automatically, his nervous system wants to say, hey, fight or flight here, buddy. But he's still pretty shut down and he actually can't flee because he's on a leash. Yes. And we haven't picked up on his his signals that he's showing us that he's really uncomfortable in the situation, that he's not feeling safe. You know, when your dog is just obeying you by walking very quietly on a lead, and I'm not talking about good dogs, I'm not talking about those who really are happy to walk confident with you on a leash I'm talking, yes yeah i'm talking about those who really are still shut down very nervous dogs we don't pick up on their signals um their their nervous system is is really putting them into this fight or flight uh, mm.
0: mode yeah. and
1: yet they can't escape
0: i say this uh, to a lot of people i mean that's basically why so many people say my dog's better off leash because when they're off leash with other dogs around they can kind of move and and avoid the other dogs, or turn in a way, which kind of Correct. gives them that bit of freedom. And uh, when we put them on a leash, we force them to to do the body language or move into places and positions that they do not want to be in because their nervous system can't handle it. So it all it all makes total sense. It's yeah. like wow. Yeah.
1: And also when they're off-leash like that, they're also free to make, um, if if they have already learned social skills with other yes. dogs, that's when they're yes. free to do that. They're free to, as you said, just like we talked about the guy who, who didn't like your shirt, yes. um, they can use their social skills to kind of, you know, negotiate whatever the interaction is with that other dog. And if they don't like it, they can run away or move away.
0: Just going back to that, if a guy came up to me you see and said, I don't like your shirt, mm. I am the sort of person who I, I feel like I'm very happy sometimes just to walk off and go, I just don't need exactly. to talk to that sort of a person. Exactly. It depends on the energy of that guy. Had he felt like because I'm quite good at picking up on who wants to have a fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: and I and I just walk off. I'm like, just don't need it. Exactly. It's gone. So that's where I walk away. If I feel like somebody actually needs to be kind of challenged a bit, I will challenge them. But if felt like he was joking and it was his way of communicating and uh, then absolutely I'd stand and chat. So, but the point is I have all three options. Exactly. And um, yeah, imagine if you wanted to walk away and get away and you were forced to stand there. It's like, oh man, it'd be terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. So,
0: it's Such a good analogy.
1: So basically what, what I like to do with all this knowledge is to say, okay, so now we know how the nervous system works. We know how our, our um, bodies automatically go into these these zones. Um, and just also something really interesting to know, once you're in that fight or flight mode, yes. Um, if you're standing there with your dog and you're saying, he starts barking at the end of the lead, for instance, he's gone out into fight mode, okay, because he can't get away.
0: Yes, yes. And you
1: say, oh, Mojo, stop it, you know, stop barking, come over here or, or whatever. Even if you say it nicely, even yeah. just say, come on, let's go this way, boy, come on. He actually cannot hear you when he's in that mode.
0: Now, stop. One second. How many people are going, <laughs> that's my dog. That's my dog. He just doesn't <laughs> listen. <laughs> but yeah. 99% of people will be saying, yeah, when, when your dog is stressed, when your dog is doing their thing, especially barking and protecting. Yeah. They just do not listen. So, I mean, how cool is this to actually understand why? Can you go into a bit more detail? What, why? So, why is it they can't hear us because they are... It's survival. Yeah. Everything else shuts down, is that right? Basically.
1: Yeah. So basically there yeah, the, your nervous system is saying, Can you imagine like if can you imagine if um, your body said to turn on the, the fight or flight system and then suddenly something came in and said, Oh, but hang on a sec, let's just negotiate this. Yes. <laughs> yes. You you would have been eaten by the lion, all right. So yes. our brains have learned to turn off that whole negotiation system yes. then. And they are just in fight or flight. They cannot. And they physically, because of the way the vagal nerve is wired, it actually turns off um, human voice in that. They can't. Well, when I say human voice, those frequencies of human voice are not audible to them.
0: Makes total sense. They've learned to just ignore the human owners when it's survival. (laughs) Which makes it, yeah, I've just, yeah, go on.
1: It's not even that they've learned to do it. It's physically, biologically, they cannot hear you in that moment.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes total sense. It's like if you're being chased by a lion and you know you're going to be eaten by the lion unless you get up the tree, <laughs> then if if somebody starts shouting at you, even if it's your mum or dad, exactly, you just won't hear. And if you gash your knee as you're climbing up the tree and it's starting to pour blood, you still don't stop. You don't go, ooh, ooh, hang on, I've cut my foot. Hang on a second, lion. <laughs> exactly. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And um, one thing I'd like to say right now is, something i've always said and it ties in with this which is why i'm enjoying this podcast so much is i talk about the energy meter where our dogs at level one are well at zero they're asleep and relaxed and at one they're very calm and at 10 they're in the red zone and i often say you know at eight nine or ten the adrenaline's pumping that's the red it's just too much Mm -hmm, way too much mm -hmm. and we want to be working with our dogs at sort of one two three four and and that's the calm learning zone and then at five six and seven they're starting to get quite a little bit uh, you know alert and aware and stressed and I've always said if you think your dog is at a level seven Mm -hmm. they're probably at like a nine
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and if you think they're at a three they're probably at a seven yeah so we are so not aware of understanding if our dogs are stressed or not correct and it ties them with this yeah yeah Yeah.
1: correct so so one of the things that is is really quite exciting about this this vagal theory is that um if we learn to spend more time in the the safety zone in the social engagement zone um, Mm -hmm. we can actually put on a break to our dogs going into this danger zone going into the fight or flight gotcha. okay so that's that's what we really want to aim as you say just like you've been talking about now about keeping our dogs level stress levels down yes that's what we do by staying in the green zone yes okay and then if you think about it if you've just been let's say you've uh, just been on a two day it's, it's a long weekend And you've been out with your friends on Friday and on Saturday you had a chill day. Sunday you watched TV or you had a barbecue with your friends. And Monday you went for a massage. Everything is cool in the world. Or you grabbed your surfboard. I know you live at the beach, so you grabbed a surfboard off. You went to the beach and you come home. Hmm. By the time Tuesday comes around, you're pretty mellow. You've had a good time. Your body's cortisol's all dropped. And you're kind of ready to take on the world on Tuesday. So if you have stresses that come by your way, let's say that guy came the guy who commented on your T-shirt yes. came by on Tuesday. You're more than likely going to say, "Hey pal, I'm not interested," and walk away. Mm. Okay. Totally. If, however, that weekend was um, spent <laughs> rocking at nightclubs and um, having a big party, and then had a
0: few arguments with the <laughs> wife and an argument with my mates, and got stressed exactly. with the kids, and exactly. yeah, embarrassed by my own dogs. <laughs>
1: doing things that they shouldn't be doing oh, yeah then come tuesday and the same guy asks you about your t-shirt what are you going to say to him then
0: mm, yeah probably snap at him.
1: exactly so that's why we want to spend more time in the green zone because that's where we can build our resilience that's where we can build the trust that we have in our dogs we can help them to, to learn social skills and mm. we can help them to be resilient to stress so because stress is always going to happen we can't uh, negate it you know it's going to happen in our life so it's how we how we deal with it and bounce back again.
0: Mm. So the more time we can basically spend relaxing with our dogs and not putting them in that stress state probably the better is that is that a fair comment?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. That's what we want to do.
0: Yeah. We want
1: to we want to spend more time doing things that we really enjoy doing with our dogs that they enjoy doing. Um, that we both get a uh, pleasure out of and we don't be we're not pushed into that stress zone so
0: because i i think this is where what we're talking about here might not sound that um you know significant or different from most training but most training is actually the opposite mm-hmm. of this a lot of dog training is all about taking your dog. I mean, how many people have, have been to a trainer where, you know, dog-dog aggression? And what you do is you get one dog on one lead, and you get the other dog on the other lead, and you bring the dog who's scared. You look at them, and yeah. you go, oh, they're all right. And you bring them a bit closer, and you say, good dog, mm-hmm. and give them a treat. Mm-hmm. And and if it's okay, you bring it closer. Well, you know what's happening, don't you? We're going from the green to the orange. And then if it's okay, you bring it even closer, And we're not reading, very often people don't read the dogs very well. They don't realize that the dog who's scared is is really getting scared. And we bring it even closer and closer and closer until the dog fails and then we tell the dog off. Think about that pattern repeated again and again and again and again. And what we really want to do is just find a place where, you know, the dog can relax. There may be a dog in sight 100 meters away or 20 meters away. And just as long as the dog is in the happy, relaxed, calm state, that's the training we're saying we really want to be doing with our dogs. Is that a yeah. fair comment?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And and if you think about it, um, like you said, I mean, the, the training, if you're putting your dog in that situation, imagine if you uh, had something that you didn't like doing mm-hmm. and your mate every day would say, come on, Dan, we're going to go and do that today because mm. maybe today you'll be better and you yes. won't be scared of it. Yes. And every day he says, come on, Dan, let's go and do that. Let's go and do that. Instead of saying, come on, Dan, let's get our surfboards and go surfing. Yes yeah who's who who are you going to trust more? who's going to be who's the person you're going to look to and say who's the real mate and a real guide in your life yes is the guide who's yes who's the one who's 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 helping you who's supporting you who's not putting you in situations the whole time and say you know you you've really got a problem and i'm going to help you get over your problem
0: yeah it's the one who creates the amazing life for you that you start to trust more and more and more
1: exactly and that's what we want to be for our dogs we want to be the person that they look to in situations like that, that they do feel uncomfortable and they can look to us and we can say, No problem, Jack. Come on, let's go this way. We'll take make a a, an arc here and we'll go past that other dog and I'll make sure you've got plenty of space. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, and that's why I often say to people, step in early. When you see another dog coming down the road, people say, what do I do? I say, step in early. Just get cross the road. Get out of sight. Just do whatever you got to do to keep your dog calm and relaxed. Because like you say, the dog then looks at you and go, goes, oh, okay. Well, you've made a good decision there. We just avoided it. What a great idea. Correct. Starts to trust.
1: Correct. And that's, that's, that's the full engagement system, the social engagement system that we're talking about in the Polyvagal, because that's what uh, people, children – animals do when they're in a group of uh, people and they're they're sensing danger they look to what the other social members in their family or group are doing yes what are they doing are they showing if you are um take a deep breath and you say oh, it's okay i've got this all under control okay she's got it okay i'm with her i'll i'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go with her <laughs> she's got she's got mm, this under control
0: totally totally
1: yeah that's how we want to build
0: that trust. It's such a powerful thing, and it's so subtle, and it's kind of so obvious, and yet we've kind of learned and trained ourselves to do the opposite. Partly, I think, because mm-hmm. we're so impatient, we just want to fix the problem and make the dog change. And correct. So, can you share with us a couple of key things that people can do differently? Um, you know, which will calm their nervous systems down, which will help them be more calm and relaxed when they see other dogs, which will. Uh, have an impact on their dogs? Is there any stuff you can?
1: Yeah. So I, because, you know, I know that mm-hmm. uh, I had a, a reactive dog myself, so I know what it's like. And it's, it's really, if you're living with dogs that are reactive or fearful, yes, um, life can become pretty Miserable because you know you you mm. you trying to dodge other um, dogs you're trying to dodge other owners you're trying to you know take some people have to take their dogs for walk at, in the middle of the night because they can't go during the day yes and sometimes it can be pretty um, yeah upsetting for dog owners and frustrating um, especially if they had like most of us we have a, a vision of what we want the dog to look like or what we expected it to look like when they came into our life and suddenly it looks very different. Um, so what we want to do is also concentrate on ourselves learning to be in this safe uh, s- social engagement system. And we need to learn to become that calm center for our dogs that that they can look to. Mm. So what are the things that we can do um, to get to that place? So I, and, and it's pretty, it's, you know, straightforward stuff. This is not dog stuff. This is like human stuff. What do we do? So for me, it's my sort of calming stuff is, a bit of meditation every day, or listening to some really cool music, or um, getting a nice massage, or doing things that I love with my dog. So I love to just, you know, cuddle on the couch with them, and we have a good tickle and, and that kind of thing. Or play play games, tug of war, whatever it is. Whatever you and your dog enjoy doing, mm-hmm. that's when you're building those uh, those. Or well, you first of all, you're flowing oxytocin out, and that's going to help all your stress hormones to come down. So you just want to do things that you really enjoy doing and that help you. Breathing exercises, for one, is awesome. Um, I love to because you can, you know, because uh, this goes back to the vagal system as well. This is how we can stop our nervous system from going into the orange is by breathing. Because remember, I said that the the, body picks up cues from inside and outside the body. So if it picks up, our breathing is slowed then it's going to say, ah, oh, check out, we can go back into the social engagement system. We don't have to go into the danger system.
0: Mm. So
1: we that's the one way we can actually control it is by controlling our breathing.
0: So something, just to clarify, so something as simple as breathing mm-hmm. will not only affect our biology... Mm -hmm. it will be picked up by your dog and your Mm -hmm. dog will go she's breathing calm she's calm yes well he's breathing calmly so he's calm and you know i've noticed this i i mean i do meditation and breathing exercises and i I do quite a bit of yoga and stretching Mm -hmm. and um and i also play something called a harmonium which uh um i'll I'll actually a harmonium is like an an indian wind instrument it's like a piano and i sing and I, i may even put um I may even put a link to it.
1: Sounds very cool. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a beautiful sound and I love it and I calm and I relax so quickly. And what I've noticed when I'm doing my yoga stretches and playing my harmonium is my dogs will very often come sit next to me, just be with me. They choose to be with yeah. me, almost like they pick up on the vibe of he's calm. I love the energy that's coming off him, and and if we if that's the only thing you take out of this podcast today, I think it could change not just your life mm-hmm. but your dog's life.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what are you talking about there, Dan? I don't know if you've heard the word of co-regulation.
0: I haven't, but uh, I I've probably heard of similar things. I think I know where you're coming from, but tell me more. Co-regulation, what exactly is it?
1: Co-regulation. So let's yeah, co-regulation just simply means that you you are you. You regulate your nervous system regulates with the person in your next to your who you're with. Beautiful. So let's say again you walk into a really calm room. Let's say not you not walking into a room full of strangers this time, you're walking into a room of people you know and you trust. Yes. Um, and you start sitting next to the person next to you and you start having a chat. And you can feel yourself really relax into them and you relax into their mood. So if they're in a really relaxed, jokey mood, you also take on that relaxed, jokey mood. Do you know what I mean?
0: Totally. Or
1: if you're sitting sitting next to somebody who's really sad and depressed, sometimes you can do the same and you can also become sad and depressed. Yes. So our nervous systems regulate to the person that's around us or the thing or the, the animal that's in our environment. And this is called co-regulation. And that's what you said now about, you know, when you're chilling out, if you're doing a meditation or playing your music or doing something you enjoy that you're really chilling and you're really bringing your energy into balance, our dogs sense that they are so in tune with that and they co-regulate with that. So they like to come into that. They're drawn to it because their nervous system gets uh, balanced at the same time.
0: And how do the dogs pick up on that? How does that co-regulation actually happen? Is it done through sound or sight or is it done through our voices or is it something which is more subtle? I mean, is it actually being picked up through the feelings and emotions? Is it that sort of a...
1: Correct, yeah. So that's that, that's that neuroception that I t- was talking mm. about. That's that system that's happening in our subconscious. We don't even know about it. Um, that's It's picking up those signals and it's reading the energy and the, the tone of our voice. That's why, you know, things like you said, um, you like to play music, uh, things like singing, chanting, humming, smiling, laughing, all of those actually tone uh, the vagal nerve. So they actually, it's like a muscle. Mm. So the more you do that, the more you tone that, that, uh, that muscle, as it were. And those are also, you know, those are signs. Laughter is very contagious. We all say laughter is contagious. Why is it contagious? because it's our, our systems picking that up as a sign of safety. Mm. And we are co regulating with that and we start laughing too.
0: So if you're listening to this and go, oh, I'm not into meditation and I, don't, I can breathe, I, I do my own breathing, I'm fine, and I've never done any yoga and I can't sing, don't sing, don't dance, don't laugh. <laughs> if you're going, I don't know about this stuff, then maybe this is for you. Maybe if you got into this, you might go, you know what, this is a whole nother area of life. Yeah, that i could expand into and um, if you're already doing it well do it some more good on you and um, yeah fascinating stuff it's, it's interesting because we're often you know i think we, we chatted about this uh, when we last chatted that we're, we are taught that everything kind of goes from the top down our brains mm-hmm. tell our bodies mm-hmm. but when we were chatting last time you said it's actually our our gut instinct yes. can actually pick up on stuff and that's the way but this is actually the other way around. Is that right? Is that
1: Correct. Yeah. So that is, again, that's the nervous, that's the vagal nerve. That's the what the vagal nerve is, picks up signals from our heart and our lungs and, and our gut um, and sends it to the brain. And that's when then our brain decides which, which zone it's going to go into. So it's not just what's happening outside. It's not what we physically perceive through our sight or our hearing. It's what's happening inside. So if we feeling good, if we are feeling in a good mood, that's, sending those signals up to our brain. And our brain says, ah, this is the social engagement system is turned on. My stress stress system is turned off.
0: Wow. It's so fascinating because... You know, I obviously study a lot of dog trainers and I work with thousands of dog owners and I study other animal trainers. And one thing I've noticed is that what I feel is the greatest animal, I'll put animal there rather than just dog, but Mm. we could say dog. Mm. The greatest dog trainers, they are sensitive people. Mm. They can feel. Mm. So they're not just in their heads full of knowledge and theory. You know, they can sit and if you sit with them they're often quite quiet and they're feeling correct they're feeling how you are they're they're looking at you they're watching how you respond and then that you know you're actually you you, they're together with you yeah yeah and it's that sensitivity that we really if we develop that with our dogs I, I feel then um that's how we can be we can help our dogs by 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 feeling them because then it's like we're, we're more able to, we're better able to parent our dogs and, mm-hmm. and cooperate with them. Absolutely. Is that
1: yeah. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. so true. And you say, I mean, that that's the what you would see is in the good dog trainer, but look at our dogs themselves. Look how in tune they don't have this huge prefrontal cortex that we do where all the thinking and the processing happens.
0: They mm. live
1: in that feeling mode. They live in their heart. Yes, you know, they live from yes. that emotional space.
0: Yes. That's, that's what happens when they meet a new person, isn't it? They meet a new person and they just go straight into, they don't have a, they have no idea why this person's turned up (laughs) at the front door. They, they just, or on the streets, probably a better example, but they will gauge very quickly whether to trust this person. and and, Yeah. yeah, What are they using there? They're they're using their gut instinct. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But unfortunately what, what does go wrong um, because some people might say, yeah, but my dog's, just always done that He's, he doesn't like any person he thinks everybody's a stranger even if he knows them well that's when um our, these our whole system here is not functioning properly and that it could be because they've been putting they've been put into a dangerous situation or what they perceive as dangerous too often and they're not spending enough time in this green zone in the social engagement time they all they're only spending time in the red zone and the orange zone and then their nervous system automatically defaults um, to one of those systems without even considering the, you know, the social engagement system of how can I, you know, negotiate the situation. Mm. And that's that's the problem where we, uh, we, you, we, where you have dogs who are severely traumatized, um, or or are constantly in this danger fight-flight system. It takes. A lot of rehabilitation to get them back into the green zone, but that's what we have to aim for.
0: Mm. Not
1: more, not more training, more green zone.
0: I think that's the key part, isn't it? That it's understanding that the do- that a lot of these dogs are almost they feel like they've had their lives threatened, and they've then have learned helplessness as a you know or they learned mm. reactivity almost. They just mm. and then the orange zone, that danger, that flight or fight. They spent. We don't realize that so many of our dogs who are classed as aggressive, they're just reacting to situations and they just need that Absolutely. whole nervous system to settle. So yeah. Is is there any other ways you can touch on or is there anything else you'd like to chat to about, um, I don't know how we can build those new social skills or become resilient to stress or, or do you really focus more on um, I mean, I, I talk a lot about developing lead. I, I would say the method that I use is, is almost develop leadership. So you can say to your dog, trust me, and then mm-hmm. and then almost the same sort of thing. Just get your dog in the green zone. Just create safety yeah. for your dog. And yeah. and then when you step into a, a a new dangerous situation, your dog will look to you and you stay calm and correct. Is there any other stuff you could give us around that that you share with people or ways that we can the dogs can help develop new social skills and become resilient to stress? Any other stuff you'd like to touch on?
1: Um, yeah, so exactly what you said, I really also focus on that. I focus on, on me as my, myself mm-hmm. or as the person as your as your guardian for the dog, yes, yes. that you become that person that that the dog really wants to listen to. And when I say listen to, follow because they know that you have got their best interests yes. at heart and that you've got their back. Yes. But they're not gonna do that until you've proven that. You've yes. proven it over and over and over again. And that's the way you're gonna prove it is by doing as you say, giving them the chance. Showing them when you when you can see your dog is stressed, you say, "I hear you. I can see you. Let's move a move away from the situation." Mm. Um, and by doing that as well, you're also teaching him a social skill. You're teaching him um, to not react as opposed to react. Just like um, you, just like you were went to, to negotiate the guy with the guy who was rude about your t shirt instead of just aggressively attacking him or mm-hmm. <laughs> shouting at him. <laughs> yep. You. We can teach our dogs there is another way. There's a social way we can do this, and this is how we do it. And by doing, by literally taking your dog out of a situation, you're teaching them to turn their back and ignore that.
0: Yeah. I think you put it a beautiful way. You said something like um, we need to recognize that our dogs are having a hard time feeling safe, and they're not just giving us a hard time for the fun of it sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. You know, when our dogs are barking and screaming at the end of the lesion or or shut down and fearful, it's not because they – you know, this is something that they've chosen to do. This is an automatic reaction that their body has sent them into, and they are asking for help and guidance. They are not giving us a hard time. Mm. They are screaming screaming at us, we need help here. Yeah. And if you're not going to give it, this is the only way I know how to cope with it. Yeah. So we need to teach them new ways of how to cope with their stress
0: beautiful time time is the great healer in many ways when we get it right and we just take the pressure off ourselves and slow everything down and just love ourselves and and let our dogs just relax a little bit and um yeah yeah almost relax relax and
1: remember why have yeah remember why you got a dog in the first place oh my you, know? you didn't get a dog to, <laughs> you had a dog to to have fun with them to do things that you love doing together you know yeah find ways Find ways, be creative. I know sometimes people say, "But I can't do this." Find ways. If we are in a creative space and we can find things to do, and there is plenty, we can find to do with our dogs that we love. Yeah, um, that's, that's 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 where we start. That's where the whole journey starts. Is get into the green zone, um, find safety, find fun, find happiness with your dog and your relationship, and start building it from there.
0: Mm. I think you know. I th- I think when I look back, you know, I had a dog who. When I was singing or chanting or smiling or laughing, she would come alive. And there was a specific type of dance music, my dear dog Peanut and Inkash. They both knew I was in my happy zone, and they would come and yeah. and um, my wife does a lot of kind of uh, uh, craniosacral work and and you know massage work with essential oils, all that sort of stuff. And my dogs know; they know when she's in that space, absolutely. And they come and join in, and they'll often lie down. and That's why people who are in that calm relaxed space whether people are gardening or whatever or when often Mom and my wife are like relaxing and snuggling next to each other on the tv the dogs the you know, dogs will come in and like oh can we have some and that's because we're producing oxytocin
1: absolutely yeah yeah i mean even as you say you don't even have to be physically doing something with your dog just doing something that you love doing your dogs are going to pick up on that and they're going to say and they you know they're going to co-regulate to their energy and say oh this feels good <laughs> this is good
0: and what we're doing here is we're taking the pressure off ourselves from feeling oh. like I have to do five sets of exercises of marching past the other dogs on the street. And Excellent. I'm not saying you don't have to do the training in terms of you do need to, if you want to get out there and have your dog socialized at, at some stage, I think you do need to do something, but you need to be aware of first of all, settling your dog's nervous system. And mm. then whatever you do, you have to, I always say, keep your dog in that calm zone. Or or the green zone, as you call it. It's Mm. no good just pushing them into that orange or red because we're often so unaware of how stressed our little dogs are or big dogs.
1: Correct. Yeah. And it's really like, like you said, first of all, it's, you've got to get, you've got to get that cortisol down. You've got to get them right into a really de-stressed kind of uh, place first Mm. before you even want to consider anything like teaching them new social skills.
0: And how long does that take? Sorry. How long does that take just to, just roughly? It it...
1: really depends. I I can't even say, you know, some, some, some people it happens really quickly because their dogs um, just needed that cortisol holiday. You know, they just needed to drop all the cortisol,
0: but it can be a couple of months Months.
1: Other dogs, yeah. Other dogs, it can be a good couple of months before they really come down. Yep. No, just yep.
0: Um, Sorry, carry on. You were saying, once you've done that, then.
1: Yeah. So once you've once you add that space, you start. It's like I call it like an elastic band. You know, you need to stretch it just a little bit each day, a little bit each day, yes. and it slowly becomes softer and softer and wider and wider. Because if we try and take two bigger steps, mm. then we're going to, again, be, you know, reacting, putting us nervous systems into that stress state for too long a time or too often, then we're defeating the object. It's got to be done in small, tiny baby steps, tiny increments. Um, and that's that's the way to work um, because it's that's, that will give you a solid foundation going forward and really build resilience.
0: There you go, guys. How's that? How's that? You need to do more yoga, more lying down, relaxing, more <laughs> listening to music, more laughing, meditating,
1: yeah. singing. And all those, those those holistic tools that you spoke about, you know, craniosacral, um, aromatherapy, tea touch, acupuncture, all of those things are brilliant, brilliant for these for for getting us into the green zone
0: i will never forget seeing my dad, dog uh we, she we thought she'd ripped her cruciate ligament on her leg or something and then um, we took her to a um we took her to a lot of places and then somebody suggested a chinese uh acupuncturist guy and mm-hmm. we took her to this very well-known guy and he hardly spoke any english so it was kind of hard to communicate but anyway he said yeah yeah we'll put we'll put needles in her and um peanut butter stood there whilst he popped you know 5 or 10 into her head
1: mm-hmm,
0: around her face and 15 into her leg and back leg and thigh and hip and and these things are going in a good between a centimeter and an inch and not into her head into the bum but you know the ones in the face were, were quite short but some of them were in the muscles were in like a good half inch maybe she stood there like she was just the happiest dog in the world and she had to stand in the same spot for about 20 minutes <laughs> She didn't move. I was like, stay there. left." She's like, yeah, this is just this is awesome." Cool. <laughs> she was so happy. I was like, there's something going on yeah, there. That's incredible. Yeah. But, uh, there's a lot of stuff we don't fully understand. And, um, I guess it's all about trying new stuff. So
1: yeah, as so I say, be creative. There's, there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there.
0: Now, it's been absolutely fantastic, Sue. I, I've loved it. Time's flown by. Is there anything else you'd like to, to to add in or say? And and where can people find out more about you? You know, this is your your website or if people wanted to have a one-on-one session with you, how can they find you? Just a little bit about that maybe.
1: Uh, yeah, I've just, my my website is Um There's not much on there at the moment. I'm not very good about keeping my website up to date, but there is a contact form on there. Please write to me if you've got questions um i'll give you i'll give uh, dan some show notes dan you can put some show notes down uh, beautiful maybe a graph or something just to recap of what we've done awesome and yeah if you've got any questions give us a shout we'd love to help
0: you yeah awesome sue I, i've uh it's just reminded me of so much of kind of what i feel i feel everything that you said is so true yeah. it, it ties into uh, my method of training the online dog trainer so much so brilliant brilliant it's been fantastic now for people who are listening to this and go i want to see these show notes and i want to listen to you know all of this will be transcribed so people can read these show notes and and um and all the videos and links if you go to the online dog forward slash um let's let's just have your name sue mim so it's the on yeah s-u-e is sue and m-i-m-m m for mother so it's the online dog trainer.com forward slash sue s-u-e-m-i-m-m that's really easy and then you can go find the show notes and find the links to um or you can go to heart connection com, and then you'll be able to get in touch with sue if you want to know any more and um yeah i think that's a wrap sue we could go for hours i'm fascinated and want to know more and it, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a a great subject and there is, there's a lot to it, but um, yeah, it's been great.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, what I love about it is I've kind of come from one angle. You kind of come from a similar, slightly more um, scientific biological. Mm -hmm. I've come from a more kind of just figured this stuff out. You know, I've always said it. I've kind of always said to people, hey, you know what, I've kind of figured out that through testing trial and testing that if you just give your dogs a massive break for kind of two weeks just don't take your dogs for a walk for a week you know and then when you take them out they're more relaxed and they're better and just avoid dogs for two weeks and then don't go up to dogs for kind of two (laughs) or three weeks and then yeah Yeah. I've never really understood how or why or why are dogs always better off the leash than on the leash but I've kind of You've explained that.
1: Well we do. That's 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 what I I'm not actually a very sciencey person, to be honest with you. I really but yeah. for me it was just suddenly, ah, it explained everything what I was what I was yes. observing, you know, what I was experiencing. Yes. And some exactly. people need that. Some people say, Hey, but I don't get this. But if they know that there's a science behind it, they go, Okay, now I'm all right with that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I like to I've always said the dogs are my judge so people may say oh your theory's wrong well it's like well you know what well the dogs are telling me it's actually bang on it's perfect. but I have always then liked to understand the why yeah, so yeah. the dogs are telling me I've got it right I don't understand why but they're telling me this works and they like it yeah and then the science like you were just saying the polyvagal theory comes in and it explains why exactly. so for me it's kind of joined the dots up so yeah been brilliant thank you sue it's been wonderful having you on the show today awesome I'm Sure, everyone listening has loved it as well so thank you so much
1: it's been awesome thank you so much for having me dan it was really a great chat thank you
0: yeah thank you thank you all righty guys so you've been listening to another edition of the doggy dan podcast show thank you for listening thank you sue and uh, as always guys have a great day and love your dogs You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.